Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by an email and an embarrassing admonition. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I've been mulling over this issue that I see with my students a lot, and I think there's one underlying cause that kind of screws a lot of people up, and it's this tendency towards completion in our, in our educational system. And again, completion, completing the assignment. There's this real strong push towards that type of thing. Now, what I mean by it is it, when, when a lot of students do their math homework, the question is, did you get your math homework done? And the vast majority of times, if the answer is yes, then teachers are happy. So students have this tendency towards completion. They're like, all right, look, I, I, what I got to do is get my homework done, <laughs> right? Done. Not, not do I have to you know, do anything special with it, but I just have to get it done. And of course, if, if the tendency is towards just filling out an answer, then teachers realize there's very little effort going into it. So then, of course, there starts to be review of the homework. So, you know, show your work. Let me see what you did. Don't just tell me what the answer was, because what good is the answer? But the point is that you have students as a culture, right, behavior, the that tends towards completion, which is, I don't really care what happens. The goal is completion. And... The problem that that, that kind of leads to that I see that I've been mulling over is that people come into class with completed work, and that's it. They kind of throw their hands in there. They're like, look, I got, I got my work done. Now, you got to realize, for SAT prep, the SAT and ACT don't require your work shown on the page. They just want the answer. So when students come in with, uh, let's say, an English section that doesn't really require work, math is a little different because I can say, hey... How'd you do this in your head? But English, I can't, I can't really say, hey, you didn't show your work because for an English section or a writing and language section, you don't have, you don't have work that's done, right? You just have a circle or critical reading. You know, it's like, look, did you read it? Yeah, I read it. It's like, all right, man. And, and that's a problem. So I, I really hammer students on putting quality work in and, and pushing ahead, making progress. I record, their, I record their mistakes on a weekly basis on their homework. I record how many they missed, how many they got right. I remember what types of questions they're missing. Sometimes I even go so far as to make custom drills for them in between the classes to make sure they're starting to get things done. There's a lot that goes into it. And if a student isn't making progress, I get a hold of their parents and I write emails every single week. I write emails every single week to the parents saying, all right, this is how the kid's doing. This is what we worked on. This is what we're doing next week. And again, if somebody's just showing up and completing the work, they're not, they're not going to get a positive email because it's not, it's not just enough. Now, mind you, sometimes I tell the parents, look, there's, there's nothing overtly wrong. The kid's getting the work done. It's getting done pretty well. Okay. But there's not a big, there's not a big push. There's not a big push that I look at and I think, wow, this, this person's really going for it. There's just not, there's something going on that that's just not that, you know, it's not that fantastic. I can't say the work's not getting done, but it's not, it's not great. I ask a lot. 
I ask a lot of my students. I don't just care about completion. Yeah, you have you have to have your work done even to come through the door. If you don't, good luck with that. But there's a there's another level that I think is absolutely crucial to success. And a couple years back, I was really tired one day. Uh, I don't I don't drink frequently at all. Uh, but I had had a late night with some friends doing a fire pit in our front yard. And I don't go out. It's not my jam. And I have a neighbor up the street. And it's not that, you know, I, I drink a ton. We just had a really late night. A couple beers. Nothing crazy. And and it was the sleep that got me, right? Because we'd stayed up till like midnight. And then, you know, I got to make sure the fire pit's out. Hose it off with water and go inside. <laughs> You gotta start a load of laundry because you smell like you smell like barbecue after sitting out in front of the fire pit for a long time. And and again, the next day was a Sunday and got up. I had a nine o'clock class. So of course I'm up early and, and making sure everything's everything's getting ready for my long day. And I just go and I'm there. Now mind you, I drink a lot of coffee and I was hopped up, got into class, and you know, kind of got into my rhythm. And then around twelve o'clock you know, have a little bit of a lull in the afternoon. And again, I only got like five hours of sleep. So my students didn't know, didn't know what was going on. Didn't, and as they shouldn't, it's none of their affair what I did last night. And if I'm not showing up, I'm not showing up. And that's a problem. But I've been thinking about that because I don't have many of those nights. They're pretty rare. So they stick out in my head where it's like, oh my gosh, do you remember when we stayed up so late that I had that long day? And and I realized that the tendency towards completion is not unique to younger people. I don't have coworkers. I don't have a boss. I don't have anyone looking over my shoulder. And, and because of that, I can get away with things, especially when nobody else knows, that, that other people can't. Like I can, I can stay up late, get really bad sleep, be kind of miserable the next day. And if nobody knows, then nobody knows. So it doesn't matter. You know, I got, I got through the math questions and I got through the English questions and everybody had a good time and fine. But there's, there's another level to it that I started thinking about when I consider how I push my students. Because I am relentless with insisting that they do more than just show up. I'm relentless and I pay super close attention to what they're doing. I focus on the types of questions they're missing. If they're missing them week after week, how they're doing, what they're doing, all of these different things. I'm relentless. I am so intense about examining their performance and their daily activities in my class, obviously. I don't care what they do outside, but I examine their kind of daily performance so intensely, far more intensely than I'm pretty sure any other teacher has ever done. But I, I've been thinking about that late night at the fire pit. I'm like, dude, why is it that I insist on this extraordinary commitment and effort of other people? But when it comes to me, my standard is, hey, if they don't know, it doesn't matter. It's like, what, what if my students were sitting here staring at me, watching me do math problems, watching me answer questions, seeing how I respond to people. Luckily, 16 and 17-year-olds are very self-focused and fine. That's not a problem. But what if they were sitting here scrutinizing every single one of my answers and responses? Would they think 
that I was giving the absolute best? Would they think that I was showing up in the best possible way? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't fumble the ball when I'm in class. I don't lose patience. I don't start, you know, drawing blanks on questions. I, even if they don't know, it's irrelevant because I know I'm not giving the best. What if I held myself to the same standard I held my students? What if that was the case? Would I accept me showing up tired, even though nobody else knows, even though my students think it was just the exact same day, exact same prep, exact same mat as before? Would I, would I be satisfied knowing that I was less than 100%, even if it was 98%? Would I be a hypocrite? If I allow myself to show up at 98%, but I demand 100% from my students. I've been thinking about this a lot. And it, it kills me. It kills me to think that at some point in my life, I would tell other people that they have to show up at 100, but I would accept 98 for myself. And more than that, what about everyone else just floating through the world? What about people that are crappy friends to their friends, you know, and then get upset at their friends when they don't do something, you know, perfect? What about all of those people walking around? And I'm not just talking about general hypocrisy. That's fine. That's always a problem. The world is filled with hypocrites who tell people to do one thing and they themselves do something else. But I'm talking about being a hypocrite to yourself trying to convince yourself and other people that you're about something. And even if they don't know, if you're lying to yourself, what kind of person are you and what kind of person are you walking away from? What if you actually did and were the things that you told people you were and you did? What if you actually were honest and brutal and awesome in the way that you try to convince other people you are? Who would you be? What kind of awesomeness would you unleash into the world if you embodied the best characteristics of what you, what you tell people they should be? I've been thinking about this a lot. I haven't had a night like that in a long, long time. Again, that, that one I'm talking about was years ago. I knew there was something weird about it. I had never flushed it out until recently. But the bottom line is, man, how is it that we could stomach expecting the best from other people but accepting subpar from ourselves even if we're the only ones that know it? I think that's a bad way to be. And I, for one, am not going to stand for it in my life. I'm Matt Todd. And this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it. <laughs> <laughs>